You're listening to the Arter Hour podcast, brought to you by our good friend, Pinot Noir. Hi again, and thanks so much for joining us here at Arter Hour, a place between business and life, where we get raw and real about the realities of running a business, how to survive as an entrepreneur, and maintain sanity throughout it all. We're your hosts, Sam and Hannah, and we'll be diving into topics that mean something to us as female entrepreneurs. In addition to our outlook on these topics, we'll also interview members of our community that we think provide dynamic perspective on business and life. Today, we have the luxury of sitting down with Sean Panton, co-founder of Vitruvi. Vitruvi is an essential oils company that has quickly become one of the most sought after brands in North America. They were recently named most top five innovative companies by Fast Company and are partners with major brands such as Goop, Sephora, and Nordstrom. Sean sat down with us to discuss his story, how he maintains a level head, the role that energy has played in building Retruvi, and what it's been like to lead a team of women. Here is our interview with Sean. All right, well, let's get right into it. We have our first guest ever on Arter Hour podcast. Sam and Hannah here, your hosts for this little thing we started. And I think that we always forget to introduce ourselves. We do. No one even recognizes which voice is ours. So who are you? I'm Hannah. Mm-hmm. And I'm Sam. Can you tell the difference yet? I don't know. I think they can. A few more episodes and they'll be able to get it. So Sean, we'll introduce you. Thank you so much for being with us. Super stoked to be here. Thank you so much. So this is the second time that we have harassed you <laughs> as of late. Firstly, we asked you to be our guest at Volume 3 of Mentorship, a mentorship program that we started um, encouraging a safe, authentic space to discuss business and life and all the things that come along with it. You were an amazing guest. Our, all of our attendees had so much value from that day. And rave they were, reviews. Yeah, rave reviews. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, it was that. amazing. I didn't, I didn't even know what we were getting into. And honestly, just like showed up. Such a good crowd. Such a great charcuterie board. <laughs> Can't complain at all. <laughs> That's how yeah. we like to do things yeah. here at Roots and Arter. We like yeah. to fly by the seat of our pants. Events are made by charcuterie boards. Oh, 100%. Are they on? Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge, huge part of a successful event is a good thin charcuterie meats board. Are key. Yeah. <laughs> thin meats. Completely. I mean, that's only applicable to charcuterie boards. Yeah. So the reason that we asked Sean to be our guest at our event and then now be our guest, our first ever guest at Ardor Hour is because number one, he's a massive success, obviously co-founder of Vitruvi, huge Vancouver success globally now, you know, with your your broad reach as a business, Mm -hmm. to your mindset, uh, just seeing how you've kind of kept a level head throughout all the things that you've been going through. So for me, that's, yeah, Yeah. for me, that's been a huge part of why I'm in such admiration of you. And then three, your massive support of women in every aspect of life, business, career, anything and everything. And so maybe that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your partnership is really unique within Vitruvi. You Mm -hmm are partnered with a woman and also happens to be your sister. Happens so to be in the same what a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. For What's sure. that business partnership like? It's really interesting. Um, I mean, family businesses aren't uncommon, which is what a lot of people, like they think it's kind of weird, but like there's a lot of family businesses. Um, for us, we've always been super close. We grew up in a, in a really small farming community just outside of Victoria. I'm a chosen BC. 
uh, besides souk for people who don't know what that is. How do you spell Mechosin? M-E-T-C-H-O-S-I-N. Just how it sounds. Okay. Exactly how Mechosin. it sounds. Mechosin. Yeah, it's a great place. It's really, really magical. So we grew up there on the water on the beach. Um, not a lot of kids running around. So Sarah and I were always really close off the get-go. Um, when, we, when we moved over to Vancouver, or she moved over a few years a few years before me, and then I moved over a couple years later to go to, to business school at BCIT. And we always had a really, really great relationship. So right off the get-go, um, we, we figured we'd be really great business partners. And honestly, for us, like the big, the biggest thing for me is the elimination of politics because mm-hmm. we really can't BS each other on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. because we're, you know, we're brother and sister. And so for us, it's really etching out any problems really, really quickly, um, mm-hmm. voicing both of our opinions really open, really openly. You don't have that, you know, for you guys, it's like, Hannah, oh, how, you know, I've got an issue with the business. How am I going to bring this up next week or in two weeks? Where for me, I just spit it out, like, yeah. right then and there. <laughs> You've got the communication dialed. For sure. You know how to talk to one another. Absolutely. Which yeah. is huge. Huge in any relationship and also yeah. just massive in business. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, it's probably the most important thing when you're starting a business. Yeah, you've got that sort of advantage of the genetic code they're going for you. Mm-hmm, for sure. And then there's so <laughs> many unknowns when you're starting too, right? And it's just yeah. nice to be able to vent openly and... and you, I think you guys have a really, really great relationship. With we you. do. We kind yeah. of have that that element as well, where mm-hmm. we sort of spit things out at each other, you know, for yeah. better or for worse. There's but a I lot think, of venting. Yeah, but I think that that's healthy because, I mean, that's how I've always operated. You know, it's how I actually operate with my personal relationship as mm-hmm. well, and it's how I operate with my sisters and my mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I feel like that's just been natural for us to be able to kind of talk about those things, which, yeah. again, yeah. like, if yeah, business partnership, that's massive. Mm-hmm. We talked about mm-hmm. that in episode two about communication is huge. Yeah. Letting and anything linger. Yeah, I don't have a sister, so mm. I'm just learning. Am I your I sister? Have a sister? Do you have a brother? Or I you think I have a brother. I have an older brother, but I feel like we hash things out like sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Although I get I've, the vibe. I've been privy to Hannah's sister relationships, and it can get uh, pretty. Hannah's hairy. got like a whoa, Aaron the dirty laundry. Like a hundred sisters. Got <laughs> a lot of sisters. I do, and they're all wonderful. For sure. And we have, you know, we have a really close relationship. I have a close relationship with every single one of my sisters, but it has taught me how to communicate and communicate with women too, Mm -hmm. because I think communicating with women can sometimes be different than communicating with men. Yeah. And one thing that really interested me um, about you, Sean, when we first spoke Mm -hmm. initially is you brought up women in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is a huge topic for Hannah and I, you know, we run a team of women and uh, you had mentioned that most of your team are also women. Yep. And I think you have a really refreshing take on being amongst women where maybe some men might be a little bit intimidated by that mm-hmm. or not really know how to navigate those corners in that situation. But you seem to have a pretty good head on about it. Um, I, I want to ask you about what it's like to be around so many women and, you know, what are some of the benefits of that that you've seen as a leader? Yeah, definitely. Learning from these women. And. Also, just to, just as a point, I definitely didn't get it right off the get-go, and it's been like I'm still learning a ton as a leader yeah. in, in that position. Um, it's it's amazing to be honest with you. Like it's it's really really great. I I think I mentioned to you like over lunch that you know women and, and before I even get into it, I always like to say that this is in my own experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to make it's any, a good disclaimer. Any, I don't like mm-hmm. to make yeah. any assumptions because <laughs> I'm very young in this and I'm still learning a ton. Yeah. But what I've noticed that it really makes you show up in a different way at the office rather than kind of jumping into the locker room and, and just going on straight adrenaline and yelling and um, kind of working in that aggressive environment. Your body energy, the, the language that you use on a day-to-day basis, how you address problems, how you 
bring up topics, how you voice your opinion. It all has to be, um, it shouldn't has to be, but I think it's more beneficial if it's, if it's maybe a little bit more calculated and thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's something that that's appreciated. Um, but overall, like I think I'd mentioned to you over lunch that, that I feel that in my own experience that the women in our office can see around different corners and, and can see different angles that I never saw or some of the men on our team never saw. And it's mm -hmm. like almost another layer of depth and, and detail that, that mm -hmm. yeah. um, us men might not <laughs> see all the time. Yeah. It's women so, vision. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> women vision. Women vision. It's a term. Yeah. Copyright Let's copyright that. Yeah. No, well, but it's so true. It's funny you when you're when you look at companies, you can see the fingerprints of a woman on a marketing campaign differently mm -hmm. than you can see the fingerprints of a male on a marketing campaign. And yeah, yeah, like there's the there's male fingerprints all over Axe's campaign. Yeah, bit just a little bit. bit. Oh, yeah, bit. but it's so, <laughs> you know. It, I mean, that's fine too because their demographic yeah. is like is is men is men for men. sure, yeah. and that that yeah. means that there there needs to be both sides of it. It needs to be a collaborative yeah. effort. You know, mm -hmm. I always so go back to this, and I think I said it at our event too. But my grade five social studies teacher, I don't know why this has stuck with me, but he described the difference between men and women's brains, and it's mm -hmm. women's brains are wires all interconnected, and they can cover so many different vast topics and categories they can mm -hmm. kind of multitask really well and men men's brains are more like a drawer where you open up one drawer at a time and so they're kind of just focused on one thing mm -hmm. but the beauty of it is that you need both you need both sides mm -hmm. of that totally. and I think that's why the conversation about women and men in the workplace shouldn't even be a conversation it's just the fact that we need both sides of it totally. you know it doesn't mean that there should be more women in a certain industry it doesn't mean that there should be more men it just means that we we need both sides and the right person for the job too yes. exactly right it's regardless like, of gender it makes me just cringe if I ever have the conversation or hear the conversation of like let's get a woman in this role oh, it's yeah. like what yeah, that <laughs> we happened. need a woman happening all over the world right now it's right? ridiculous yeah. yeah well yeah because i think sometimes there's totally. pressure from you know higher ups or authorities where they're saying you know yeah. oh well to be more diverse we need to have yeah. that but it shouldn't be about that i, I think that that's almost yeah. more sexist when oh, someone's saying yeah. oh we just need to hire women to, in order to you know meet be a quota diverse. Yeah, to be diverse <laughs> or to meet a quota. More than 50% of the population. But it's true. I mean, even in industries like firefighting or mm -hmm. like some of these more structured jobs where they're saying, oh, well, there isn't enough women in our department. We need to actually hire more women just to meet a quota. Yeah. That's insane to me. I think that's mm -hmm. more sexist than anything and misogynistic mm -hmm. because it should be whoever is best for the job. Totally. If they can pass the same test that men can pass and mm -hmm. men can pass the same test that women can pass, great. They're yeah. the right role for the job. It should totally. just be about who is the right person, mm -hmm. not the yeah. right gender. Yeah, I agree. You also said something once that was really interesting, which is about reading or that women can read your body language. Yeah. Which I thought was just so true to life. Because every, every time you say once I heard you or I heard you say something before, I'm like, what did I say? What the fuck did I say? <laughs> <laughs> You're like instantly sweating. Yeah. <laughs> when did I say it? Yeah. No. Tell uh, me more yeah, about what I said. Yeah, the body language thing is huge, especially just as a leader in general. I think mm -hmm. that. And one of my mentors, um, Kevin, who I think I, I mentioned to you, yeah. he, he's just like an amazing leader at uh, you know at Best Buy and, and at Future yeah. Shopping. He was at Circuit City before. He was on the Good to Great team, and yeah. um, he's got just like that presidential energy, mm -hmm. and I think that's really really important. Oh, I like that. Not like power. Like not like power energy. I want presidential energy. But you know, as yeah. an example, I've, I've been in a meeting before, uh, and 
you know, after it's the okay fact. It's okay for you, you to, to have wine right now. Yeah, you want to first no, I actually wanted to just break. pause for a second. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that, but we're just going to refill our wine glasses. We've bullied Sean into drinking with us because Ardor Hour is yeah. built on the foundation <laughs> of red wine, uh, preferably a good yeah. Pinot Noir. So here we go. So go back to Kevin. Obviously, he's a huge mentor for you, which is a massive topic that we wanted to cover yeah, and today. He, yeah, he's um he's an amazing guy, and he I really watched his his language when I was learning learning business and still learning business, and like just his energy alone can calm a room down. Like just when wow. he walks in, and you're like, okay, like everything's okay. Kevin's here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely on on that note, and what I mentioned earlier is that running a a, a company that's primarily females that sometimes they the body energy can get read into a little bit more. And I think that's a great thing. So totally. Not, it's very intuitive. Yeah. You're not sitting in the office like, like an idiot, yeah. you know, <laughs> with your legs sprawled open and like intimidating people, which yeah. sometimes you don't even know you're doing. Mm -hmm. But you know, as an example, I think the example, the example that I used with you was I was in a meeting one time and, and we were talking about our, our, uh, something in customer experience and it was a really great meeting. Like it was mm -hmm. awesome. And I loved it and stepped out and then I got a little bit of feedback from one of our managers after that maybe that person, that person that was leading the meeting was, was really nervous that I didn't like the meeting. And I was like, well, why, why would that be? Well, I was tapping my foot like a lot, you know, like my <laughs> foot was like going up and down and hitting yeah. the floor. And so they thought that I was just trying to get out of there, um, yeah. which was just not the case at all. So like definitely coming into a meeting and realizing what's like, what's my body energy here and how am I, how am I showing up for these people every day? So I'm not obviously getting run into. So I got to make sure that, that, Right. But that's so awesome. And that shows just like your commitment to the person as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's important to the team and what's mm -hmm. important to the people, no totally. matter again, the gender, right? Because sometimes someone, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I've met men mm -hmm. with more feminine energy than mm -hmm. some women that I know. Totally. And then I've met mm -hmm. some women that have more masculine energy. So I think that mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's really gender. I think that mm -hmm. it's more so like a feminine or masculine energy, mm -hmm. no matter who you are. Yeah. In that specific yeah. case. It was, it was a it gender was, thing, but, yeah, but yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't even think we're aware of our body language a lot of the time, no. and it's a thing that comes up a lot in some of the books that I read about your body language mm -hmm. and just how to be a good leader and how to present yourself. And just not feel squirrely in front and of people. Don't feel squirrely. And, like, she's misinterpreting that foot tap as I'm, you're impatient. You to can't yeah, to get out of there. Totally. But that's just a natural thing that you probably do all the time and you don't even realize that For you're sure. doing it. But when you're the leader of a team mm -hmm. and when you're supposed to show up in a certain way, mm -hmm. it, it just trickles down right from your mind, like right to the way you emote yourself physically. And yeah, I mean, the company has its watched. own life day to day yeah. when you're not there. So yeah. when you step out of the office, the, the office is likely acting different. But when you mm -hmm. step in, like that energy changes, and yeah. especially with the company that you've built from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. people just look to you as like, what's going on? What's the energy? How yeah. is Sean or Sarah feeling? I'm what's just, the answer? Exactly. And so yeah. you got to make sure you're walking in. And Do you think they're having a huge party there without you? And then you, you show I hope up so. and it kind of gets really quiet? I hope so. <laughs> what? So you said, you said that... Kevin, your mentor, mm -hmm. steps into an office and brings this sense of calm. What kind of energy do you think you bring into an office? Ah, it's a really good question. It really depends what day of the week it is. Yeah, for Extreme sure. Extreme anxiety. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, so I, much I stress. Sometimes, you know, like I'm pretty high energy day to day. Like mm -hmm. our, our days are pretty stacked and, you know, we've got meetings every, you know, half an hour, basically almost every single day. So wow. I think sometimes, depending on how many coffees I've had that day, I could probably come in with like a little bit of like high energy, maybe a little bit of anxious energy. Mm -hmm. um, but I would call that motivational. Motivational maybe energy. Maybe motivational like energy, that. right? Because I like I, I, knowing you mm -hmm. 
I would say that that's the energy that you have. Whenever I'm around you, I feel motivated. Yeah, I think energy has been huge, and it's something that I've definitely been a student of this year um, between Hannah and I and between our team members and I, and I think it really changes the feeling of a room, and 100%. so it, it's something that I've been trying to learn, um, but I think we're both really curious about what you kind of look for when you're going into the hiring process, mm -hmm. when you're meeting new people and interviewing them. What are the qualities that attract you and what are the qualities that detract you? And are you looking at energy when you hire someone? 100%. It's like probably the number one thing is like the second that you open up that door, you're feeling like, what? what's this person feel like? Are they making me anxious? Yeah. Because <laughs> ultimately you don't want to spend your time with someone who's making you anxious. Mm -hmm. um, for us, like we've got, we've got quite a few core values that we, that we look to. And if those people are checking those boxes, you know, it's coming into that room with the confidence. Mm -hmm. um, it's being able to sense if that person has an intuition about the company, if they really get the vibe of our family company. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've talked, we've talked about this a lot is that, you know, ultimately Sarah and I, we run a family company, yeah. like kind of like the Sopranos, you know, mm -hmm. not that intense. I was going to say that. <laughs> it's a bit mob-like yeah, without so the mob. That's, and and we make it really, really clear to people. We say, look, if you're going to come into the company and, mm -hmm. and we're, if, if we're going to give you the opportunity to work here, that if you're showing up and you're taking care of the family, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not just me and Sarah, that's the company, the brand, mm -hmm. every other person within the organization. Mm -hmm. I, th I think I've mentioned to you guys before that one of our, you know, one of our core values is offering someone a glass of water before they know they're thirsty, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like really thinking about the other team members. And if, if they can, if these people are really checking the boxes on our core values, then mm -hmm. that's something that, that we're really, really adamant about. And it's really the only thing that we care about at the end of the day. And you can and sense that. Yeah. But on yeah. that note of checking boxes, mm -hmm. is there sort of a checklist that you're going through when you're hiring somebody? So maybe there's someone listening mm -hmm. today that's considering hiring someone and maybe they want some rules of thumb or a bit of a, a process into yeah. hiring somebody. It's really, or even someone applying. 100%. Yeah. It's really like for us, I think our company early on has done a really, really good job of hashing out those core values and, and really what we stand for. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the checkboxes beyond the core values are a little bit dependent on the role. Mm -hmm. They're more fluid. Exactly. So I'm looking at different boxes for, say, performance marketing mm -hmm. than I am for sales or than mm -hmm. I am for operations. And so mm -hmm. I think before we get into those interviews, I've kind of got like a few things that I know. And typically it's in previous experience mm -hmm. or it's like something that, that I feel I don't have, you yeah. know, attention to detail. A skill that compliments <laughs> the compliments your no, skills exactly. or lack 100%, of skills. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and when we were talking about, you know, that, that motivation and confidence piece, it's, it's really like eliminating that ego and saying like, where can this person fill that gap for mm -hmm. me? You know, not just hiring someone because they make me feel good, but mm -hmm. is this the best decision for the company? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you ever, do you ever look at an applicant's social media? 100%. Is that you too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's been something that's super prevalent in to the day to day. Like, I mean, sure. in society today. It's just it's, normal. It, yeah. Like, I would be shocked if someone didn't look into that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and no I think that it is, it is something that's so interesting. It's an interesting conversation because these platforms, what they've done is, is basically given everyone a platform to create a brand. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, whatever you put out there is your brand, whether you consider yourself a brand or not. Yeah, 100%. And it's part of how you present yourself. Companies yeah. are looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that it is something to consider as, mm -hmm. you know, even a business owner or an applicant, mm -hmm. you know, what is it that you're putting out there? What are you trying to translate through the brand, you know, in quotations that you're putting out there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, are you looking to inspire, educate, mm -hmm. motivate, mm -hmm. or, you know, what is it 
that you want people to get from your feed or from your social media presence. Yeah, because if you are graduating or in that sort of position where you're looking to really get serious about your career, you have to take into account the different ways that you're presenting yourself across all channels, in person and on digital platforms, and the fact that that's all open, it's all open season for anybody. Um, so I think these, you know, the millennials, which we're sort of a part of and are very much on the cusp of. So it's I mean, the fact, fact of the matter, we're all millennials here. We, yeah. Like every single one oh, of us. we're is, the heart of millennials. Exactly. The we are the beating yeah. heart so of we, millennials. We like to call millennials millennials, but at the end of the day, we are millennials. But I think yeah. there's different levels of millennials mm-hmm. because, you know, I got Instagram when I was 19, mm-hmm. right? And, and same, probably around the same age for mm-hmm. you guys. This next generation of millennials maybe got it when they were 13 or 14. I don't so think it's... I got Instagram until I was 22. I think I got Instagram last week. No, yeah, Sean doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> My Instagram's garbage. My Instagram is terrible. He's uh, a really exciting person to follow. Everybody go check him out at Sean Panton. One ex- extremely amazing post a year yes. is what you're going to get from me. And it's going to be amazing. And I can guarantee that. But that's authentic to you, Sean, and that's who mm-hmm. you are, and that's how you present yourself online, and I think that that is important. Mm-hmm. No matter what, stay authentic to who you are. For sure. We don't want to suppress your personality or things like that, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it is being a, a little bit more cognitive about mm-hmm. what you're putting out there sure. and understanding that there is an audience yeah, there. Yeah, people, people are looking, and ultimately... Like those platforms are made to express yourself. They're open for a reason. You have that choice for a reason. But I would say, you know, some companies don't care. Some companies are massive and they're just looking, they've got an algorithm that is revenue per headcount and mm-hmm. they don't care. They're looking for body heat. For sure. But for yeah. a company, companies our size on the smaller end, like we have to look at somebody who really fits that culture early mm-hmm. on. And if you are looking for a job or you're looking to transition careers or you're looking for that promotion, I think that our generation needs to do a little bit of a better job of showing up mm-hmm. online. It would yeah. be like showing up to an interview in your underwear. Yeah, honestly. To be honest, yeah. it's the digital equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. Especially and if you're looking think, at it before, yes. is that if I haven't even met you yet, and that's my mm-hmm. interpretation of the type of person you are. Yeah, that's my like preconceived notion. And it's Good not to say that you can't, Everyone's an individual and these platforms are designed and why we love them and why we work within them and why we've been successful on them is because we're able to tell a story and, and share, share and share often like authentic stories. Yeah, be authentic right? and completely. That, yeah, don't, don't suppress that. But I think that like yeah. maybe tailoring a little bit to the time in your life and, and what your yeah. ambitions are. I think it comes down to purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what is the purpose of the content that you're putting yeah, out there? For sure. Right. I mean, yeah. like for, for me, me yeah, exactly. I think purpose is massive. And I think that, again, this comes with age, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're in your early 20s, man, like you don't really know what your purpose is. You don't necessarily know. I know we're Gosh. not like, you know, we're not now that we're grave, but. <laughs> No, but I think it's insane how much you grow from like 21 to 28. Like the years seem like decades to me. It's a film resolve. It's gone. It's insane. Our small age bracket might be the only generation that's seen both sides. Yeah. Where the the younger end of millennials, Mm -hmm. I'm air quoting right now. Yeah. That they just he's literally that's just the, in the standard. Air. Like that's just the standard. Where for us, mm-hmm. we flipped those phones open. You know, you've yeah. had you've we had, had the, the razor. Phone. You've had the yeah. razor. We had the flip phone. Everyone's had the razor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so 
they they're trained on it and we're not. Yeah. And so I think it's just like showing up with your best self, mm-hmm. what whatever that is, whatever your ambition is, whatever job or company or whatever you're trying to push forward in your own mm-hmm. life is like when you're showing up online, just take that moment to realize that people are watching, mm-hmm. whether it's employers or, you know, completely significant potential significant others or anyone. Yeah, yeah, but I think that it is important to acknowledge that like when I was twenty one I didn't have this this cognitive ability to look at something and mm-hmm. say, Oh, what would someone think about that? And and, mm-hmm. and that's where I, I'm a little bit empathetic to them because they do have time you know they're they're still learning but I think at the end of the day it is important to maybe just be a little bit Mm -hmm. reflective and say okay what is it that I'm putting out there what is this brand and say even though I know that I still have so much to learn and I know that there's a lot you know Mm -hmm. to come down the line for me in my career be cognitive of it and Mm -hmm. and be aware of that and if that's something that we can maybe give us some value and some education from this hell yeah so right. that's us speaking as one side of that generation to the next generation that's coming up mm-hmm. almost under us. And they're going to be the entrepreneurs of the future. Mm-hmm. But I'd, li- I'd also like to talk about the generation that came before us yeah. and, and mentorship because you've mentioned Kevin and the, the profound impact that he's had on your life. Totally, totally. And you know, I'd like you to speak a little bit more about his role and also other mentors that you might have come across in your life that sort of set the tone and the cadence before you. Totally, to yeah. Those shoes. Kevin... Kevin has been like such an amazing impact on my life. Like mm-hmm. he's got that like a, like that presidential energy, and mm-hmm. he can he can come into a room and he can really own a room. And he has been on so many amazing teams: Best Buy, mm-hmm. Future Shop, Circuit City. He's been in Good to Great. He's just like that that amazing leader. And I've been so fortunate to start my business career learning from someone like that, like off the get go, mm-hmm. which is insane. Mm-hmm. Like no one. No one gets that opportunity. And usually how did you, you meet him? Can you... Usually you stumble. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sarah actually originally um, was working with Kevin um, on some charity work mm-hmm. and, and doing some work for, for him specifically. And then we started to um, just kind of work with him more on business and, and just kind of like growing that relationship. It was super organic, which is like yeah. what you want in a mentor yes. ultimately yes. at the end of the day. You know, it's like you don't want that person who's, you know, hustling on Instagram to help you out. It's like that person that you really need to pry their time because mm-hmm. they're so good. Yeah, you know? their time is valuable. For sure. And it's like the best people, like the absolute best people don't have time to give you help. <laughs> so true. You know what I mean? Find someone who has no time. For sure. Kind of a yeah. Which is like, Kevin. And yeah, and he, yeah. he, yeah, on the business side of my life, he was such an amazing impact and he's still very involved in my life. And then the other side, on the personal side, is like my dad who's just got mm-hmm. like got that swag. Yeah. And, you know, I learned from him really early on and I think that's, what really kind of developed some of that early confidence and, and that early mindset in my life around, you know, being the best you can possibly be. And showing up every day. Yeah, 100%. And what did your dad do? My dad's a police officer. Wow. So, you know, he, he worked in major crimes. He worked in cold cases. He he ran shifts. He worked yeah. shift work for, God, I don't even know, I'm probably understating 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's got like that that energy of he steps into a room and you know that he owns it. And he's got that like fix all energy and he kind of like allows you to take a deep breath when he steps in. And so like those two people in my life, Kevin being my business dad and my dad being my life dad, like with that combination, it's just been like such an amazing leap in my life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just insane. And what, what was something that 
really attracted you? So obviously it came really organically for Kevin and things yeah. like that. But say someone that's maybe looking for that presence mm-hmm. in their life, like what would you say is something that they could look for? For sure. I, re- I read something like really early on. I don't know what publication it was. I don't know what book it was. But it was if you meet somebody that kind of intrigues you or you think can be a benefit to you in a very self, like almost in a selfish way, because mm-hmm. ultimately you're trying to like take that mentor's time and, and take their brain and like put some of it into your brain. Yeah, you're trying to better yourself. Uh, for sure. And so one of the one of the amazing statements that I heard that I've used like many times, because I've got like four or five people, maybe even more that I look to in certain areas of my mm-hmm. business and life. And it's, you know, if I have any issues or, you know, if I have any questions, like, do you mind if I reach out to you? Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I send you an email? Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people will say for sure. And if you email Mm -hmm. them, sometimes they won't email you back. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you do have that true connection, they'll, they'll, they'll email you back and you'll start to develop that relationship. And it's really like, I really want to emphasize how cautious people should be about that because the impact that these people can have on your lives is so big Mm -hmm. and not immediately, but long tail. Right. It's the long game. For so, sure. So would you agree with these two statements that you can't wait for a mentor to find you. You have to go find them. Yep. And also you shouldn't just look for one mentor in one capacity. No. There's you know, no. There's we're no informed by many mentors. 100%. Kevin's yeah. got that, like I said, that presidential energy. He's like that CEO, president. Mm-hmm. He knows how to run and, and you know direct a big ship mm-hmm. where there's other people in my life that are a little scrappier or... Yeah. Not a slag on Kevin at all, but there's a people that are, you know, maybe have, have a little more experience in smaller scale mm-hmm. or in finance uh, mm-hmm. or in marketing that, that you can look to. Mm-hmm. And so you like, it's really important that you're not looking for a catch all. And I think that point of going towards a mentor that maybe is telling everyone that they're a mentor is yeah. a really good point <laughs> because it's something that we're seeing more and more. Yeah, and more, especially it, I get with social so media. much on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's like, people hustling up like a success yeah. story and it's just like brutal. It's like, <laughs> you're being successful from me paying you. Like you're a consultant. That's yeah. what you are. You're a consultant. Yeah. Who is basically your yeah. mindset is to just yeah. build and yeah. Looking for a mentor. But I, funnily enough, I'm a mentor, but I love yeah. everyone. <laughs> I love that rule of thumb though. You know, like don't even consider someone a mentor if they're telling everyone that they're a mentor. You yeah. know, I no, mean, I think really you big. naturally mm-hmm. become a mentor when mm-hmm. somebody sends you that email like you just talked about like hey i'd love to learn more about Mm -hmm. you and your path and your story and all these things or they're willing to listen for free yeah and you know and they're they're, they'll pick up that phone you know and and they'll help you out like those people yeah and you know what they're gonna read your energy 100 percent. yeah you're how you show up is is absolutely yeah i feel like energy has been a constant thread Mm -hmm. throughout my life and it's become more and more prevalent you even said you've been a student of energy in this last Mm -hmm. year which i think is such a beautiful statement because i think as you get older and you start to experience Mm -hmm. more throughout life and business and all Mm -hmm. these different aspects of of everything that comes into play is Mm -hmm. energy is so important and again i think it comes back to gut i -hmm. really really do Mm -hmm. i think that we all kind of have a gut feeling about something and sometimes we ignore it and sometimes we acknowledge it. And at the end of the day, it does come back to that energy. So when it comes to a mentor, when it comes to a team member that maybe you're considering hiring, listen to that and be aware of it and acknowledge it. Right. Yeah. That gut reaction. hundred percent. Cause every year you get older, yeah. there's, there's a year below you that gets older mm-hmm. and they they're listening to you as well. So it's like you have to show up 
mm-hmm. with with good energy, especially if you're leading a ship. Yeah. Or else people will just sniff it out. People smell weakness. Totally. hundred percent. You know I mean? Like we're all animals. Like you smell yeah. weakness. Like we if you, we, you can walk into a room and it's like that person or this person's yeah. freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> One step with the person in the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like even, actually though. Yeah. Even yeah. throughout, you know, Salmon, our experience in business mm-hmm. and in different aspects of client meetings or pitch meetings or whatever, in our own experience, energy has been massive in choosing clients and choosing partners and choosing collaborators or even just including in choosing the people that we bring into our circle Mm -hmm. as business owners and as a brand energy is what we always come back to Mm -hmm. and if we and if we don't listen to that then it's inauthentic and on that note of authenticity, I think that something that's been really constant throughout our friendship um, over the of last eight years. eight years, which is insane. It's ridiculous. I can't believe it's been that long. We're so old. But I think that <laughs> something that's been a constant throughout every time that we've had discussions or met up with each other and we've sort of been sounding boards for each other throughout our careers and our life is that you've had this insane confidence no matter what, and even <laughs> after the fact, I have found out that you were in a really tough spot, but you had this yeah. confidence to you that was just insane, and it just was like this feeling of everything's going to be okay, and I've got this, and no worries. Where does that confidence come from for you, Sean? Yeah, definitely. I think when we kind of talked about Kevin a little bit is you know learning from those people in my life, and maybe even earlier on like I had a a dad and a mom who were just like so confident Mm -hmm. and they allowed Sarah and I to grow up in I guess like a place where we just were able to build that self-confidence you know I didn't have any doubt growing up I knew like my parents had like an amazing relationship and they really raised us to do whatever we wanted to do and like think however we wanted to think in like a non-arrogant way Uh, I think it was just something that was subconscious Mm-hmm. and and also like a little bit of you know when you're when you're young starting in business like my first business I started when I was like 21 or something like that and you just have to exude it or people will call your bluff mm-hmm. you know and so it's 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 a little bit of showing up and being like you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm ready and a little bit of how I was raised mm-hmm. and I think and the mentors in my life, and I think that's, I mean, you say I'm confident, but you know, sometimes I'm not, but I think... It's a different story. 100%, in your yeah. Is it a little bit of fake it till you make it? Um, I don't like that. Can, yeah, can we yeah. rephrase that? I yeah. hate that saying, fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. even though it's so true, but what if it's, because we... But it's very popular. No, 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 a lot no, of people it's like the general way to talk about yeah, it. For yeah, for sure, that's why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. And it's easy because it's true. That's essentially what it is, but what if it's like that you actually think, even though you don't have that skill mm-hmm. set... Or you don't really know if you can complete that task, yeah. but you're so dead set on doing it that you, you're saying, yes, I'll do it. And I will give everything to complete that task. And then you end up doing it. As it's almost like your, you belong here. Yeah. And as the leader yeah. of your ship, you ultimately have to make a decision and be mm-hmm. very confident about it. And you're hoping that the other people are willing to take this bet with you. Yeah. And like you're, you guys and me, we're making bets every day. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of just have to take a position and, and mm-hmm. show that confidence. Because you're going down with the ship. 100%. I think, I think yeah. like, on your point earlier on, and what I was talking about with my dad and my family and how I was raised, I think I was very fortunate to be able to build that confidence really early in my life where people are trying to build that a little bit later in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was able to kind of show up early on with the mentors that I had and just kind of exude that. I'm not too yeah, sure. For sure. But I think, you know what I 
you tell me. I love it. But I think that the fact of the matter is, is that the actual core of that statement is really authentic. Mm -hmm. It really is. You know, fake it till you make it basically means that no one really knows exactly what they're doing. No one has a secret handbook that they're just opening up and flipping through the pages yeah. and being like, oh, here's a section A1 where I'm going to find out how to hire this person and how to yeah. do these things right. But I do I do agree with you. It is kind of an overused statement and it's maybe inauthentic. But I think that the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, just putting yourself out there and not being afraid of, of like imposter syndrome or all these things that yeah. come into play where you self-doubt yourself because that's yeah. so massive in business. There's so many times where you go into a meeting or you go into a room or even with me in broadcasting and going out to an event and, and speaking in front of thousands of people and being like, why the hell am I here? Why the hell do I deserve to be here? But having that confidence to just say, no, 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 I deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. I belong here. I'm here for a reason. Let's go out and let's do the best that I can. And that's all you can do. And as a founder of a company, you know, you're, you're in, your energy has such a big impact and your confidence mm -hmm. has such a big impact on the day to day. Mm -hmm. And that some days like, Exactly like you said, kind of fake it to make it, but mm -hmm. some days you're having just like the, an awful morning. You're or like, allowed to have or, an awful morning Or you too. woke up to like the worst set of emails ever and mm -hmm. at 9 a.m. you have to show yeah. up and you have to feel like you have that direction and you're, the, yeah. the ship is going in the right place and sometimes you, have to you just feel have like to you do can that. Handle it for because sure. you have to handle it. There's no other There's option. no one else to handle no, it for you as a founder. There's yeah. no one to go back Definitely. to. And people can ultimately smell weakness at the end of the day. Yeah. And so like having that that skill set is I think is really, really important. So I think this sort of ties into the next question, which is a trait that I immediately identified in you, which is resilience. I mean, you can talk to to all of us about how you once sold um, coffee coffee machines. <laughs> Which, I mean, we could use a photocopier or just a printer in general in our business. But, yeah, you know, you've been through yeah. grit, true grit, mm -hmm. right? You've been through a lot of different careers in a short amount of time. And yet you always stayed, not that you didn't have your challenges, <laughs> but you always somehow kept your head above water. And mm -hmm. I can't help but relate that to really an innate sense of resilience. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a trait that a lot of founders have, but also something that you should try to attain in your life. Because there's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be those challenges. But having a healthy sense of resilience is really important. And maybe it's something you got from your parents. Or I'd just love to know more about where that comes yeah, from Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a, that's a really, really great question, to be honest with you. Grit, I don't even know if that is something you could even teach. Yeah. I've kind of always been that way. Like, I got my first job at 12 mm -hmm. or 13 or whatever it was legally. <laughs> so I, was working, I mean, I was scrubbing clubs at the golf course whenever the earliest I possibly could. Yeah. Uh, and I was serving tables at 12. For sure. And so the grit, the grit part of the business is so important because, you know, when things get squirrely, that's when businesses ultimately fail. I'm just stating mm -hmm. the obvious here is that you have to be able to like buckle down, take a deep breath mm -hmm. and be like, this is the dip before I'm going to solve this problem and then it'll get better. Right. Where most people are just like, this is the end. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. So like, it's just like a sequence of solving problems. And if you can, mm -hmm. if you can grind that out, mm -hmm. that is like really, really important. Are there any tools that you've implemented into your life that have helped you throughout that process? Yeah, like, I mean, Sarah and I don't, like, my, my, my dad, like I said, is a police officer. My mom's a teacher. We don't have, like, that safety net, that business safety net, that mm -hmm. financial safety net. And for us, I mean, it's kind of sketchy, but, like, but it's, yeah. it's just not an option to fail. 
Right. You know, failure is <laughs> not an option. So you can't stop. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? What's the alternative? Like, you, like, yeah, like you have to just keep going. Because you're in so deep and you're, and you're in it and you've got people in your office that rely on you on a day-to-day basis and mm-hmm. there's there's people in our office that have kids and so like mm-hmm. I'm also responsible for making sure that their babies are fed mm-hmm. and that they, they're able to get engaged and mm-hmm. they're able to build families and so like you can't quit on those people. <laughs> no. you, like you have to wake up and you might get a crappy email like I said previously yeah. but it's like ultimately you've got to just make it happen. <laughs> I mean what's your – this is a total – Total departure. What's mm-hmm. your stance on email link? Are you a short email, email kind of guy, or do you go into <laughs> this paragraphs? Is, how I'm talking with you guys right now? <laughs> that is the was like lo- totally a di- like. No, it's totally so fine. And that that. <laughs> but I love yeah, it. like honestly, yeah. how it's I'm so talking with you guys right now is like the longest I ever talk with anyone. <laughs> I only talk in broken sentences and like like chipped away emails of yeses totally. and nos. Yeah. yeah, when when your day is kind of cut into those half an hour meetings for the whole day, you're just kind of like giving everyone the cold notes a little bit, which is kind of funny. And like whatever, when you're using the new Google layout and it's like they give you like the predetermined answers on the email, I don't mind those. And I honestly, I find myself using like a lot of military language, which is like, I find a lot of inspiration in military. Like I read a lot of like military books and, and that sort of thing. But you know, it's like copy, like 10, four. What about standby? Oh, 100%. I yeah. love Stand Standby. That's my favorite one. Stand by uh, on the next Even when I'm like, we're texting like in our group, it's like how, however many times I use like copy. It's like yeah. I just, that's copy it. Copy that. It's, it's, ten yeah. four. it's just way easier. What about ten four? Yeah, it's a good one. Although, can I tell you that I don't know what ten four means? Ten and four? I don't know, but it means that you It means that it's been like confirmed on your okay. end yeah. basically 10-4 you know like yeah. I've got it yeah. don't I worry don't, don't but it I do think that's I mean obviously I love where you took this conversation because yeah. it's so interesting because I feel like sometimes when I was in early on in my career I wrote these emails that were like three hours long and I look back and like, what was I doing but I think it does come down to a confidence thing and a self-worth thing mm-hmm. I think it's a conversation around that that you're worth just saying a couple words. You don't need to explain yourself in like seven paragraphs mm-hmm. about why you're making that decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my decision. That's the cost. Here, let's move mm-hmm. on. Let's go forward from Save that. Save it for your memoir. 100%. Yes. Save yeah. it for your book. <laughs> yeah. So, Sean, I mean, to wrap things up, we are going to play a little game. Okay. So you were the first participant of this game. You might want to have a little drink before you answer these questions. I'm handing Sean his glass of wine so he can chug it before this Roots is Rapid Fire. We're going to do yeah. this with every guest that is brave enough to come on to Ardor Hour and drink wine with us and I'll just try to have a good time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? 100%. What are you listening to right now? I'm listening to, honestly, whatever the mood is at the time. Right now... I've been listening to like I've been we've been doing boxing classes. We took the team boxing, yeah. and right now it's a lot of rap. I don't know why. A lot of rap. I yeah. don't know why. Get more specific. Yeah. A so little DMX. Who? Who? Jones, DMX. Oh my god. Jay Z or Kanye. Jay Z. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. DMX though, that. man. Can we just talk 100%. about DMX for a minute? Yo, we can't because it's rap. <laughs> what are you reading? What am I reading right now? I'm reading. Again, on the military topic, I'm reading, I literally bought this a week ago, Sniper Elite is about a SAS sniper, and it's basically his biography of how he became 
one of the greatest uh, Australian snipers in, in history. Wow, that is rad. Mm -hmm. What's making you excited? What are you excited about right now? What am I excited about right now? That's a really good question. I'm super excited. I've been moving more from like the operational finance of the business to like product development in our business. And I'm really, really excited about that. I'm also really excited that Vitruvi has grown to a point where I can start to like live my life a little bit more, which is really, really nice. Mm -hmm. So we've got like some amazing people in place and the company's growing kind of beyond me and it has its own heartbeat and I can kind of like look back and say, wow, like this is an amazing thing. So that's honestly, I wake up every morning. I'm like, I'm stoked on this. Yeah. That's yeah. so huge. That's mm -hmm. a massive part of business yeah. is being able to kind of take that step back. For sure. Um, I'm going to add this one in here. Mm -hmm. What's your go-to coping mechanism when you're having a really hard day or something's <laughs> going really awry as they do in business? What are you looking to? We talked about music and how huge that can be for you, but what's like your number one coping yeah, mechanism? Yeah, for sure. Um, and if I could take like maybe a few minutes on this, yeah. aside from the rapid fires, I did a really bad job of managing that, that like basically until like <laughs> recently. Yeah. Yeah, like the go-to coping me mechanism I'm realizing now is like exercise and like mm -hmm. eating properly where before mm -hmm. like I would stress so much I couldn't eat and then your mm -hmm. brain just goes sideways yeah. uh, or you know, you're just at home and you plunk yourself down on the couch and you're like, you're not getting out and eat, yeah. you're just like walking the seawall. For those mm -hmm. of you that are in Vancouver, for those of you that don't know, Vancouver is a giant wall that runs around the city uh, on Literally the water. The yeah, for sure. Um, and so like that's kind of what I used before uh, a little bit. Again, before was like a lot of podcasts and mm -hmm. speeches and that sort of thing just to keep me motivated mm -hmm. day to day. But now it's like really on the personal side of my life, which is like fitness and, and health and just like making sure my brain is clear day to day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's that. inspiring you right now? Or who? What or who is inspiring you right now? Oh, yeah. It's a really, really good question. What's inspiring right now? That's a really good question. <laughs> I'm honestly just super stoked in general. Like I know yeah. that sounds like a really general answer mm -hmm. and I'm not really, I haven't in a long time looked to somebody who's really inspired me. I think those books like really get me going. Mm -hmm. like I mentioned before, like I was really interested in military and, and mm -hmm. kind of those like amazing leaders. And I use that, that motivation early on. And I think that's still carrying through right now. Mm -hmm. And so right now I'm really just kind of trying to set my own groove day to day. And I'm really inspired about that and, and you know, mm -hmm. looking after the team and that sort of thing. Can I pull a tangent on the military aspect? Yeah, I know I keep bringing it up. I'm no, sorry. it's cool. What role do you think bravery plays in the workplace now? Leadership. Mm -hmm. Like what? What? What true role that that? The bravery. Mm -hmm. do you think I think leaders have to be brave. Yeah, definitely. I think you have to be able to like form your own opinions and be able to take that leap. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's really really important and show up every day like everything's all good and you know that that takes a lot of bravery <laughs> just to walk up the steps and say like. I'm commanding the ship and I know where it's going, yeah. even though some days you don't, you might not know where it's going. Mm -hmm. So I think that's in the face of the unknown. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, Sean, you have yeah. been the best Perfect. place to start as our first guest on Ardor Hour. We can't thank you enough. This thank has been so incredible. I think that anyone that listens to this is going to get so much value out of it. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for being brave on that note, brave enough to come and Hang no, out let us. us harass you once again. For sure. My last question was, what are you having for dinner? But I'm sure you don't know. I don't even know. Should we go for dinner right now? We probably. probably go to the now. Should we? Yeah. Or <laughs> no. should we go to Las Margaritas and get some uh, Mexican food? We probably food? should. Maybe Las Margaritas. 100%. Sean, you're an absolute beauty. Thanks for being with us tonight on the third episode of Art Hour. Thank you so much.
Thanks for listening to our conversation with Sean Panton of Vitruvi. Be sure to follow Vitruvi as they continue to dominate the essential oils industry and beyond. This has been the third episode of the Ardor Hour podcast. We'll be back for episode number four with another special guest and more dynamic conversation about business and life. In the meantime, we would so appreciate if you rated, reviewed, and shared the Ardor Hour podcast with a friend. And if you'd like to know when a new episode has aired, be sure to hit that subscribe button. If you'd like to learn more about Roots and Ardor as a business or Sam and I as your hosts, be sure to go to rootsandardor.com. And we'll see you next time.